is there one of these elements that I, I really downplay, hardly ever do? Maybe it's thanksgiving. Maybe it's confession. Probably not supplication. That's probably the big one. Maybe it's adoration. Um, our, our catechism, uh, shorter catechism, says prayer is an offering up of our desires to God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. How many of the acts did you hear there? I got three out of the four. Uh, we, adoration isn't listed, but we certainly see it from the example of Psalms and the Lord's Prayer that adoration is a huge, uh, prominent part of prayer. Now, we normally uh, begin with what we want. It's very common for us to sit down and ask the Lord for our checklist of, of things that we desire, what we actually think we need. And what we really need is to know God more deeply, uh, to know uh, him truly as he reveals himself in Scripture. And it is better if you've got, it is better to have a God-centered prayer than a problem-centered prayer. Simply bringing to God your wish list of the things that you feel you feel disappointed in or you feel neglected by him for not, for not providing. Remember what First Peter, it says in First Peter, uh, you are chosen that this is a primary reason that you've even been chosen. It is that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. There is a sense in which we declare God's excellencies to the world as we evangelize, to one another as we preach or give encouragement, but surely the most prominent and important one is that we declare God's excellencies to himself. And there are two things I want to mention in this category of, uh, of this adoration. First, uh, we, we praise God that he is our Father, that he is the one who is in heaven and holy is his name, as the Lord's Prayer says. And he is full of goodness towards his children. It is an inexhaustible goodness. We praise him. We adore him as our Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He holds nothing back of, of what we need. We praise Him, we adore Him as our Father, and as our Father, we also adore Him that His providence is good and purposeful. His providence, what He does in our lives, is good and purposeful. In the confusing time of this day, it is very important to remember that God's providence is good and purposeful. And a great question, when we have trouble uh, in the world and in our churches, is to ask this question, what is God really up to? He hasn't, he hasn't failed to grasp the reins. He hasn't let go of the reins. What is he up to? Where is he taking us? What does he, how is he teaching us? He is building our faith. He is deepening our hunger and courage for righteousness. Surely. Remember Psalm 111 begins this way. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright and in the congregation. And then the, later on in the psalm, the works of his hands are faithful and just. Those are his works prom, prom, primarily at that point in the psalm of his providence. What God does is good 
And it is purposeful. And so we have much to adore him for. He's our father. And he knows what he's doing. So we spend time adoring and thanking him for that. The second thing is confession. Confession. Perhaps not so exciting. Uh, Scripture, however, is plain that uh, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. How about that for a blanket promise? Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are those who confess their sins, they shall receive mercy. Now, concealing is natural, and uh, confessing is spirit-wrought. Do you understand? Concealing is what we're good at. <laughs> Confessing is what the Spirit works in us. And, and it is altogether necessary. Again, the Shorter Catechism says this, uh, there is none who keep God's commandments, but the, and this is the quote from the, the Catechism, but, but doth daily break them in thought and word and deed. Not, no one keeps the commandments purpose, uh, perfectly, but all of us do this daily break them in thought and word and deed. If you can't think of something to confess before the Lord, ask for wisdom. You're overlooking things <laughs> that he can help you see. I, I, I'll pick up just on one thing from the men's breakfast uh, yesterday morning. Uh, Brother, Brother Tom, uh, two Toms. Tom Pollard prepared another great breakfast. Tom Church prepared another, another nice offering of, of, of the tasty morsel of God's, of God's word. But, uh, but, but it, was, it was on the tongue. And, so, and, and it's a really good place. If you're running, if you don't know what to confess, think about what you say. Think, think about what you say. No one is perfect in all that he does, but we all, we all can sin with our tongues. James chapter 3. And we looked at a number of Proverbs. Just a couple... Have you belittled your neighbor? Have you put anybody down? Have your words been rash, like sword thrusts? And you can thrust a sword on Facebook, too. By a harsh word, have you stirred up anger? Have you, have you made things worse by being harsh in the way you've spoken? Are you, as, as James calls us, are you quick to hear and slow to speak? Quick to hear. You have, you, you're, you're on the edge of your seat to hear, and you, you're slow to speak. Or is it the opposite with you? You're really good at talking and really bad at listening. If that's the case, what you're saying isn't very meaningful. So you want to be a good listener, then you want to be able to speak with wisdom. So that's a great place to start. We have all sinned in thought and word and deed. It's not like we're asking you to be specific in your offering up of confessions today, but, but just reciting even the words from the, the catechism. We've all sinned in thought and word and deed, and we've sinned with our tongues. What, if, if one of us prays that, and I will if no one else does, but one of us prays that, you can all say amen in your heart and, and, and be truthful in your relationship with the Lord. Make that, make that your... Make that your confession. And then, and then third, the, the thanksgiving. Adoration. Knowing God and seeing God. 
uh, leads us to, con- to be aware of our sin and to confess our sins before the Lord. Having confessed and received God's forgiveness, then, then we're ready for thanksgiving. Two things to thank God for I'd like to highlight tonight. Two things to thank God for. First of all, thank you that you have forgiven my sins. It is possible to feel bad about your sins and not confess them. It is possible to be morose because you're a sinner and not confess your sins. It is possible to think about your sins all day long and never confess them. We want to learn to confess and then we want to seize the mercy and forgiveness that is ours. Thank you that you have forgiven my sins. Blessed are those, at Psalm 32, as quoted in Romans 4, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Oh, Father, thank you. You've blessed us. Your mercy, your grace to us. Do not leave this section of, the, of your prayer, if you will, tonight or during your prayers during the week. Don't leave confession until this is settled. Until your conscience is at rest with God. Do not simply voice your sins, feel bad about them for a little while, and then just move on to supplication. Seize forgiveness and thank God for it. It will be life to your bones and joy to your heart. Thank you that you've forgiven my sins. And the second thing, did you notice in our prayer of confession this morning from 1 Peter chapter 2? Thank you for the healing by the wounds of Christ. Thank you for the healing. Healing by the wounds of Christ. Two things are mentioned there in that text. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. And we naturally go there. Everybody knows Everybody knows that it is through the blood of Christ sins are forgiven. But this text goes on and says something lovely, necessary, powerful, and important. That we might die to sin and live unto righteousness. That's the other thing we want to thank God for. You have not put me in circumstances that are impossible for me to obey. Your providence is good. It is purposeful. It is hard, but it is good and purposeful. And, and you have, you, through my union with Christ, uh, there, I, I can say, we, have, we die to sin and live to righteousness. Lord, thank you for that healing. Give me the grace to walk in the freedom of obedience. How's that for a thanksgiving? Sin's forgiven, and the chains have fallen off. And thank you that you've forgiven me and set me free for a walk of obedience and holiness and righteousness. Wow. Now, we've prayed to God as he truly is, and we've confessed our sins as we truly are, and we have received mercy as he truly offers it. And now we're ready for supplication, and it's just, it's just possible that our desires have changed by this point. <laughs> And we don't have up our sleeve a, a, a list of 43 things we want God to change in our lives. It might be that we're thinking more kingdom-centered right now. Lord, Lord, give me, give, give me courage to walk in righteousness 
in this path that you've given me. How about that one? Instead of, instead of making my life easier so I don't have to depend on you by, in faith. How about this one? Give me courage and faith to be, obedience when it's, be obedient when it's hard. Jesus uses this word supplication uh, when he says, ask for laborers uh, for the harvest. So we pray for harvest workers. That's one thing we do. In, in our prayers, we pray for harvest workers. Paul says, pray for those who are in authority, that we might, this is what we pray for, that we might lead a, a quiet and peaceful life, godly and dignified in every way. That's, what, that's, what, that's how we entreat our government officials. This is what we want. We pray for, that we may live a quiet and peaceful life and, and godly and dignified in every way. Well, is there anything that you've discovered that is maybe a little thin or missing in your prayers, any of those four? Just consider that. Consider that. But thank God that, he, that there is this roadmap of, of dealing directly and honestly with God, with ourselves, and then again with God, with thanksgiving, and then, and then offering, up, offering up the requests of our heart for things that are consistent with his will, agreeable to his will, and in the name of Christ. There are several prayer requests that I would like to share later, but not at this point. We'll talk about that uh, as we begin, as we begin to pray, but let's let's now uh, let's now uh, close in prayer. Father, we do thank you for these thoughts that uh, provide a, a workable outline for how we can meet you, and we pray that our hearts would be full of adoration and would be honest in confession and would be joyful in thanksgiving and would be persistent in supplication. And so thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to be thinking about and acting on the great privilege, the great privilege of having your heart and having your ear in prayer. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.